Hey, listeners, it's me, Daisha, coming at you not quite live from Pillow Fort Studios. You're about to hear my chat with composer Lisa Bialawa, who is doing this incredible music project that if you're listening to this show in June of 2020, you can actually participate in yourself. Lisa is really inspiring. She's one of those people who seems to be doing quarantine right and who you wish you were maybe a little more like, or at least I do. I hope you enjoy the show, that you think about participating in Lisa's project, that you're safe, that you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Oh, and also, this episode is brought to you by Encoda. There's a rumor going around that classical music can be hoity-toity. But here in the classical classroom, we beg to differ. Beethoven 5. <laughs> The idea that classical music is a zone where we have to feel restricted or we have to act in a certain way, you know, that's not going to be helpful going forward. <laughs> Isaiah is shaking with excitement oh, here. I mean, there's just so many great parts of the opera. He asked me to play his favorite spot in the first movement of the Brahms. And then he said, I started using those licks in my guitar solos. How to be classical music rock stars because there's not enough of that in this business. Occasionally I would plug in the mandolin to my distortion pedals. <laughs> I don't change my voice. And talking to classical I, music. <laughs> I'm playing classical music now. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same 12 notes. That's what's so cool about it. I'm Daisha Clay, a classical music newbie, and I'm trying to learn all I can about the music. Come learn with me and the classical music experts I invite into the classical classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Classical Classroom. I am Daisha Clay, and here with me today is composer, producer, and vocalist Lisa Bialaba. Uh, she performs in the Philip Glass Ensemble, and she incorporates community-making and experimental elements into a lot of her compositional work, like her music for public spaces and her made-for-TV opera that included 12 episodes and over 350 performers. In that vein, today, Lisa and I are going to talk about music made in times of plague and crisis, and specifically about her new project called Broadcast from Home. Lisa, welcome. Thank you, Deja. It's nice to be here. Thanks. So so first, uh, I want to ask how you're doing personally in the oh. bizarro pandemic world that we're in. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm doing well health-wise. So, uh, I, yeah, and um, I, I am, you know, suffering from a lot of the things that people who live alone are suffering from because I, I don't, I live by myself. So I have been sort of in extreme isolation for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the community around the work that I'm making is actually really, you know, has, has been very therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm especially because I'm in New York City. So it's been, you know, right. it's also been, I live about a block away from the Columbia Presbyterian Hospital here. So I don't have a lot of distance from, yeah, from the crisis point. And, um, and it's been, you know, uh, a harrowing time to, to feel what's happening to my community here. So yeah. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm strong, but, um, and well, but it's, it's been a tough time. Yeah. And I, you know, I think a lot of us have, we can contract, hmm. you know, emotionally in times like this. So, so I wonder what it is that moved you, you know, as an artist to want to make music right now. Like what, what about this time kind of made you feel like it was time to create something new? 
Um, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I look at that question, you know, from the opposite angle, and I think, well, what would happen, what would have happened to me had I not been doing this yeah. the last couple of months? And I think, um, I, I really will say that what compelled me initially and what has, what has continued to sustain me through the sort of creative process, which is intense, you know, I mean, I am working on this, you know, 50 hours a week, pretty much, I'm cranking these out, and um it 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 is though the connection that it provides you know that, that i that i can be connected to other people in this way and that i can make connections between people that's actually sustaining um and yeah i'm tired you know and 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 the work maybe sometimes goes slower or differently than i think but i every time i feel like you know uh Every time I feel like it's hard to make the work, then I imagine what it would be like for me now if I were not making the work. <laughs> I yeah, just feel yeah. like that's harder. So, so, so basically, art is going to make art. Like that's what you do in yeah, response I mean, to the world around you. Yeah, this is what I can do. You know, like yeah. I said, I live next to the hospital. I can't really, you know, I brought two masks over. You know, to like the hospital, yeah. like the first week. I'm like, I have two masks, and they wouldn't take them because oh. they were from because they were from my house, and they were. You know, I mean, the things that we can do are the things that we can do, and this is what I can right. do. And, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. Before we get into talking about your project specifically and digging into it i want to just conceptual conceptualize contextualize it a little <laughs> bit by uh by mentioning other music um classical music that was made in times of crisis or uh plague sure so w what are some pieces that come to mind well, you know, it's interesting. I, I have always had a very close relationship with a few composers who ha who probably fit that description. One of them is Messiaen, Olivier Messiaen, who's a, mm -hmm. a French composer who was a prisoner of war in the early 1940s. And he, while in prison, he wrote a piece called Quartet for the End of Time, which I think is one of the most stunningly beautiful chamber works. It's for a strange combination of instruments, you know, cello and clarinet and piano and, and, and violin. But it, it's because of who was in prison with him that the instrumentation is what it is, right? So uh, it, it's, it's actually a result of who, who was there um, and this sense of not just, it wasn't a choice of this shared experience, although that comes through in the piece. I think it also was just sort of like, this is, you know, he was in lockdown, literally, you know. Yeah. And I yeah. feel that there's some resonance there. I also feel resonance with, you know, with composers like Prokofiev and Shostakovich who were making music uh, in the Soviet Union when there's always been a long debate about whether or not they were attempting to express uh, specific kinds of pain that their community, you know, was in through the music, which is, of course, abstract. Mm -hmm. um, but just sort of sense of being kind of a mouthpiece for one's own community in pain is something that I know is, is takes me back to those to those two composers as well. Yeah, I know a little bit about the Shostakovich. I know that um, in some of his music, he he had a really 
odd situation. I think he was kind of like trying to stay in the good graces of the government yeah. while also writing music of protest. Right. But yeah, what was going somehow, on? The, yeah. Right. Yeah. Code, so he was, you know, yeah, he was whatever, sort of yeah. being clever with yeah. his music. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I just think it's, it's really something that, um, while so many of us are just sorting, sort of trying to deal by, by yeah. getting through the day and trying right. to remember how time works and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. feeling like going to the grocery store is like playing um, uh, like a sort of deadly game of Frogger, you know, right. um, yeah. like you, you and and other artists are having this moment of, bringing people together and and saying something new in a in a, in a time yeah. crisis and it's and it's what people i think need are, are, yeah you know, i mean like and in this yeah in this case of course and we'll talk about it later but in this case of course it's not just me who's saying it because the yeah. words that i'm using are the words from just people who come to the website yeah. and talk about exactly the things that you just talked about losing track of time going to the grocery store you know these are things that are rolling in All right, let's take a little break from this conversation for some words about our sponsors. This episode of Classical Classroom is sponsored by Maestro Classics. They're the creators of Stories and Music, which is this recorded series that they made for kids and families. It's won more than 50 awards, not to mention general adoration from the people who listen to it. It features the London Philharmonic Orchestra and it takes those musical stories and it, and it like brings them to life. It's one of those things where kids learn while they're having fun without actually knowing that they're learning. And there's an activity book that goes along with it. It's a whole thing. Maestro Classics just announced a brand new recording in this series called Bach and the Organ. It's all about J.S. Bach, who you may have heard of on this very show, and it tells the story of his life while talking about the pipe organ, which, P.S., back in the day, was the most advanced mechanical instrument that had ever existed. And you can learn more about this album and the rest of the series at maestroclassics.com and, wait for it, you can also save 17% off of your order by using coupon code CLASSROOM. Yay! Hey, musician types. Are you still flipping sheet music pages? Well, I respect your retro hipster lifestyle choice. I've got something that might just change your mind. It's called Encoda. N-K-O-D-A. And it's a subscription service, a la Spotify or Netflix, for digital sheet music. And just like those services, it gives you access to more content than you could possibly shake a stick at. I don't know why you would want to shake a stick at it, but you couldn't, because there are literally thousands of easy-to-find pieces of music in their library. You can check that out at encoda.com, by the way. With these digital scores, you can mark them up, just like your beloved paper, but you can also do cool digital things like create your own sheet music playlists and share stuff online. Are you intrigued? Well, download the Encoda app today from your app store for a free trial. That's Encoda. N-K-O-D-A. Encoda! And now back to my conversation with Lisa Bialawa. Well, let's let's dig into, the, yeah. let's talk about how your broadcast from home project works. Um, yeah, sure. Tell me, well... I, th- I think what makes it unique, first of all, I should say, is 
that it's such an immediate thing. It's like you're you're actually creating you're in the midst of creating this thing right now. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. Crowdsourcing the sort of foundational yeah. materials of it. <laughs> and then you're you're actually releasing it. Like it's a tr- it's a turnaround, yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's how you, you sort of touched on this at the beginning, but yeah. what on earth made you want to move at such a speedy clip like it's well you know i mean the kaplan music center is our lead partner and they're the ones who are sort of you know they have a team there that helps me i have they have an engineer who mixes and masters um each week uh and i remember when we sort of had our very first meeting just before we launched into chapter two because chapter one was created out of just sheer like soul tearing you know urgency Mm-hmm. But there was no, there's no context yet for the project that we didn't have a website. We didn't have any, you know, so suddenly we all came together, meaning my team, my various, you know, my, the, the team that I work with on my website and my archivist, Claire Solomon, who writes the prompts and, you know, basically mm-hmm. this thing came to life very, very quickly. And what we decided was that, you know, and I remember feeling a little bit of trepidation. We decided that it really basically makes sense to put something up every week because people are experiencing stuff in real time and doing it every other week, for example, twice a month. I didn't feel like it was going to be able to partner people through mm-hmm. this experience, you know. And so we had to, it took us a few weeks, you know, to get the schedule, but it's a real factory now. It's, it's, I have a whole little army involved here. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. want to go back to something that you, you briefly mentioned. You, you called it a chapter. So can you, yeah. can you sort of break down how this is, this is organized and then yeah, also sure. talk about, yeah, I'd love to hear about a week. Right. So a chapter is basically a week. Um, we thought, well, what are we going to call our little weekly, you know, product, our little weekly sound thing that we make? And we thought we'd call it a chapter because, in fact, they are progressing. I mean, they are a story. It's not hmm. just a variety. It's not like a box of chocolates. This is mm-hmm. they are actually something that's, you know, this is what's happening to us. And they uh, have a subsequent feel to them. So the things that I, you know, the, the kinds of testimonies that I am setting and the kind of um, moods, you know, and emotional places that we go in week seven are not going to be the same ones as week two. Right. So uh, that's because the story has developed and that's why we're calling them chapters. Which is, it reminds yeah. me a lot of like uh, serialized novels, like uh, yeah. Dickens or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Did you, was that sort of, I know you kind of, your work has drawn on a lot of, of literature. Was that something you kind of, yeah, I mean, kind of borrowed from? Sure. Although, you know, it, uh, yes. And I thought of Dickens actually more in relation to Virio, uh, the spiritual biography of Witches Accuser, mm. which is my opera that you mentioned that's, that was released with KCET in LA. That yeah. was an episodic, you know, those were episodes, not chapters, but. That was an opera that was basically, you know, created that way as well. In fact, we shot that over two years because we had to raise money oh, for wow. each chapter. So we like, we, you know, we really did. We actually, it was created. What a harrowing um, experience to be funny yeah. as you go. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Welcome to, yeah. welcome to our field. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I, I had had that kind of experience before, but this episodes didn't seem right because that, we, I, because this really is a, a kind of a story, and it also is based in the testimonies of people, like people you know that, that are that are contributing through their writing, and and so chapter has a kind of a you know it 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 really focuses on the word, um, mm-hmm. and this this piece really is about the word. It's about the words of people and the voices of people. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's about. 
It's inspired by the words of people and by the actual, you know, human, the grain of people's voices. What was your call for submissions like? like how how did you uh, solicit? Well, it's the... ongoing. It's okay. ongoing. I mean, the very first time, the very first chapter was basically inspired by a text message that I got from somebody I knew, you know, who, because all of us, as we shut down, you know, I remember this was in March, you know, the city shut down on March 20th and we were all just reeling. Um, mm -hmm. And we were sharing, you know, we were talking, everybody was trying to see where each other was and how, how people were. And I got this text message from a friend that was so beautiful that I just, I felt like I needed to set it to, I mean, I wanted to sing it you know, because it's so perfectly articulated the way I was feeling. And then uh, that gave me the idea to sort of start uh, to start this project, among other things. And then there were also, you know, this chapter two is also a text written by somebody I know, um, because the first thing I had to do was sort of cast the net like right, you know, near me to, to invite people I knew to contribute testimonies but by the time chapter two was released on the web page because we had a web page already then i had already started gathering testimonies yeah. from elsewhere we had had a press release we had had some you know some some press we had had word of mouth you know it, it, it traveled very fast by the time i got to chapter three i was able just to collect the testimonies that come in every week and find how they resonate with one another i've gotten them from all over the world now five continents yeah. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. And, and these are written submissions, right? You can actually submit via, via like video, you know, if you want to. Um, uh -huh. But most of them have been written. We give, you know, people okay. can, you can upload, you can upload a doc, you know, a PDF. You can upload, uh, you know, people have uploaded photographs of handwritten things. You can just type it right in there. Yeah, anyway, really, um, you can upload what your, you know, your testimony. And there are prompts, you know, that I mentioned this before. There are little questions mm -hmm. there people who aren't accustomed to writing or who, who want to sort of get started, who feel the urge to share what they're experiencing, but want to coaxing. So those prompts have actually been changed, changed up a couple times already, because we want to make sure that we keep our finger on the pulse of what's actually happening. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. That's very nuanced to, to, to oh, think yeah. of that, you know? I could take you through the week if you want. It's actually kind of interesting. Ooh, I would love to hear it. What does a week in this project look like? A week is actually nine days, kind of, because they overlap. But right. I'll start. So <laughs> on Wednesday, I get from whatever musicians group, so different chamber groups, I, you know, I, I finalize the, uh, the instrumentation for, mm. um, in other words, which instruments are going to play the chapter that will be released eight days later. Sure. And Wednesday, I also am reading through all the testimonies that have come in over the week and, and sort of selecting, figuring out which ones I'm going to use. Um, and, and I try to find ones that, that resonate with each other and that articulate a particular kind of mood that is, that is being experienced by different people who don't know each other from different places. Mm, uh, so and sort, sort of, of like you know, what the zeitgeist of the week is. Exactly, yeah. So I do that on Wednesday afternoon and then Wednesday evening, 
uh, you know, and Thursday morning early, I composed the, the little micro phrases, little phrases for people mm -hmm. anywhere in the world to sing. And I, on Thursday morning, that's this morning, um, Greg Pernhagen, who's my, my male singer, and I, you know, we have to record the phrases mm -hmm. as guide tracks so people who don't read music, they can, they can also participate. And then we send them in and um, those can be posted then on the website on Thursday at the same time as the finished, the finished chapter from the week before. Wow. So that happens on Wednesday, on, on Thursday morning, that's today. So then Thursday for the rest of the day, so after I talk to you, um, I will be writing the, the instrumental musicians fragments that go with those you know, phrases. And these are all little building blocks pieces. These are not, this is not like I'm writing a song from beginning to end. I'm just mm -hmm. making little phrases and sometimes ideas. I say like, use these notes, you know, make any phrases, but only use these notes. And there's always a kind of openness too with the, the, the vocal phrases too. Sometimes I say, okay, you sing, I miss, and then I give you words from the testimonies, but then I say, okay, and then you can also sing to me what something you miss. Mm -hmm. So the testimony language actually gets expanded by people who sing and they just add whatever text they want. And there's always an opportunity for people to do that. Are you are you actually soliciting singing or or, or yeah, actual fr singing. Oh, from the public? Oh yeah, that's Whoa. a huge so, part of so this. not just stories, but no, but not just stories. Actual voices. Okay, that's yeah, it, yeah, that's intense. So people are really a part of this. Oh, absolutely, super important to me. Yeah, I mean, getting a you know getting a cell phone video from Guadalajara a few weeks ago just blew my mind. This woman Whoa. singing from you know I don't know where these people are. You yeah. know, I don't know who they are, and they're singing to me from all over the world. So touching, you know. Yeah. I mean, talk about something that's healing for me living here alone. I wake mm. up in the morning and I go look at my, you know, my inbox, and there are these people's voices yeah. coming to me. I do want anyone to be able to participate and that's why I make the teaching tracks because I don't want people to have to know how to read music mm -hmm. to participate right. and they're doing it every week I get I get these recordings in so, so that you've happens d you've done a lot to sort of lower the barriers for entry for yeah, participation I mean, and all absolutely the you, you know yeah. there are always five phrases with five little YouTube videos you know that you can hear us singing there are always five phrases for men and five phrases for women mm -hmm. and you know some of them are harder than others so if there's singers who really are you know very capable you know um, sort of you know amateur singers who really but who take their singing very seriously there's there's usually something in there for them too Mm -hmm. But the, you know, the website says sing as many or as few of these phrases as you want. Mm -hmm. So if someone, you know, a lot of people just do maybe one or two of them. That's it. So yeah. it's just very, you know, it's very open. Um, there was one, uh, chapter three, where people, <clears throat> they could be tone deaf if they want. There's one where I just wanted them to yell. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of yelling that week. That was great. Wow. 
you. In front of you. Across from you. Across from you. Across from you. Across you. Across you. Yeah, that sounds cathartic and wonderful. Yeah. So uh, then that happens. So that's takes us. Ju- that's just Thursday, right? That's just. So then, oh my god, yeah. we're only on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we're on Thursday. So then Friday, I finish up the instrumental phrases, and I have meetings with the instrument with, with the instrumentalists. Mm-hmm. And this has been, you know, high school kids uh, in the Face the Music program at Calvin Music Center. It's been my own students at Manus School of Music at the New School. I have a professional ensemble now, the Fifth House Ensemble. So it's been musicians, all different kinds of musicians from different, you know, again, at different levels and different sort of uh, yeah. different organizations participating. And I write the parts for, for them. And then by by the time I go to sleep on Friday night, I've written all of those little parts as well. And they are also in five little segments that just like, do this, you know, try this phrase, now do that. You know, so they're not really, uh, you know, like a melody in order. They're just elements, right? Mm-hmm. So then I have the weekend to like, you know, basically slow down a little bit and wait while these things come in. And then I'm, I'm sort of yeah. collecting, right? By Sunday mm-hmm. night, I will have sort of started to put them all together in a, in a music editing program. I use Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go underground from like, on like Monday and Tuesday, I go underground mm-hmm. and just basically create the whole thing that's when the real composing happens. I, I create the whole thing mm-hmm. from the submitted vocal things and the and instrumental tracks because the instrumentalists are people that I'm actually working with. Then I can I can email them on Monday and say, Hey, could you do this one thing but do it faster, or you know, you know, or could you do it for longer? Mm-hmm. And so I can ask them to do that. And then Greg Pernhagen, who's my you know, who's the baritone. Who, who helps me with the teaching tracks, part of his role also is that he's on sort of on call on Tuesday in case there are any additional phrases that I realize I need to record. Or if I forgot some word or if I didn't, or if I need a note, I just just stop and sing it myself. Yeah. And dump my voice in there. It's like, yeah. it's like a soup. So then I finish <laughs> that, to finish that on Wednesday morning by 10 a.m. Mm. and send it to the engineer and then, of course, as you as you know, because we started on Wednesday, then I call my mom, make sure she's doing okay, and take a shower and like you know start <laughs> looking at the texts for the next chapter. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah. So it, I mean, what strikes me about this is not you know obviously like this has done an enormous amount to create community and in, involve people. Um, mm-hmm. Not not. I mean, for each other as well. Yeah. Like, like it's you've got this repository of people's stories, which you know. Oh yeah. In a, and and people's voices, but but also, this is clearly lending structure to your life. Your oh, are you kidding? Life. Absolutely. You like know, in a, I joke in a time that, you know, when it's so yeah. hard to have that. Absolutely. And actually, it's funny you should say that because chapter five, by the way, is <laughs> yeah. all about people losing track of time. <laughs> the testimonies are all about that that week. I think that's when it started to sink in that people couldn't, they didn't know whether time was going slow or fast or whether it was standing yeah. still or going backwards. They had no idea. And everybody yeah. was writing about this that week. So that was kind of funny that that happened. There is no rush now. Just peace at a time. Just 
Yeah, there was a great piece in McSweeney's about it where they were yeah, saying, right? saying like uh, what the different lengths of time were, and it was like um, an hour is now either four minutes or nine hours. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's totally right. And there was yeah. a, somebody said like, I feel like I'm going in reverse, and I was like, Ooh, that's so cool. So I actually wrote a melody that like makes a canon like a round, you know, like whatever Frere Jacques, right, with itself, yeah. and then I wrote it so that it goes backwards, also. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> the little, yeah, little Missy like, Elliott on it. It was really yeah. exactly. It was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, it was great. Conceptually, like, what's your, what's your hope for what you're gonna wind up with at the end of this project? What do you, what do you, what do you think this well, is gonna wind up looking like? Uh, you know, it, it's the chapters are around three to five minutes long each, um, and I, I think that if and when it becomes something that is, uh, you know, a sort of a finalized work that stands as a sort of a collective and collaborative archive of this time, mm-hmm. it will probably always be, I, I'm sure I'm going to want it always to, to unfold in the same order because it is yeah. a story. And so yeah. I don't know how long I'm going to do this. And I think that's important to, to say because we don't know how long we're going to do this. That's just exactly. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the last thing I want to do is put a sort of a deadline, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible I'll need a week off at some point. But, uh, yeah. But, you know, I think generally this is something we are doing. You know, the community mm-hmm. is growing. It's clearly helping me and it's clearly helping many others. And it's building uh, an archive that... Um, that I think has, you know, really has significance in this. I know actually the Library of Congress is is going to put the website in. The, you know, they're going to adopt to um, to include it in the Library of Congress. Oh, because I was just thinking a, that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. we to call the LOC well, we right yeah. now. Yeah. No, it, it, we heard from them a couple weeks ago. So we're it's <laughs> it's it's officially an archive, which I think is really important because I, there's no way I can set all these testimonies. Right. Um, I'd love to, but there's no way I can. Although I will say that my my goal is to is to use 100 percent of the voices that come mm-hmm. in. Whew, I mean, that I, is a lofty yeah. goal. I saw. Oh man, yeah. How many there are there? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter four, I think, was the biggest. I had like 55 yeah. voices in there. I mean, you know, I I have it all. I mean, there are some you know kind of protocols in place if i hit the top of my technical capacity then i've got a team and i mean we you know we're prepared so i would you know i don't want to put the brakes on anyone like you know you and i are talking now if this leads to more i mean i want i want it to be able to scale is what Mm -hmm. i'm saying we're prepared for that and we've already had to have that kick in i mean we have already you know we've already changed it to scale so Mm -hmm. Waiting for the man, sitting apart, 
If you um, if you decide to take a week off, yeah. your piece for that week could right. be called like four thirty three. You could do like right, right, exactly, change. yeah, right, right, yeah, exactly. Just just silence. Um, yeah. uh, sorry, that was. <laughs> So no, no, weird. that's good. See, uh, you know, you know your <laughs> repertoire. You, I mean, I know like three songs. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a song, but yeah, okay, songs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, see. That's, that's uh, anyway, um, I I know that eventually, uh, when when we're allowed to uh, sort of gather in public and. Uh, you know, attend musical performances again in person. Yes. You've got plans to I do. Pr- yeah. perform this and like publicly. Uh, what's your idea of like, what's your sort of dream version of how that'll work? My dream version of that, how that will work is, uh, has evolved. But what I would say is, it, it, you know, it will follow the order in which it was created because mm-hmm. it is a story. Um, I can see now how I, I've already started thinking about it that way because, for example, I just, you know, in chapter six, for example, I quoted chapter two. You know, I mean, I get, I'm starting to pull it together oh, wow. as one, you know, in other words, it is, there are threads like there are, like there are in, in you know, in literature, in, in, in it, you know, it's, it is a large work. It's mm-hmm. not individual, unrelated things. Right. So I'm starting to see it that way. And, I also get a sense now for the the idea that you know because even though I ha- have I think the maximum number of instrumentalists I've had in one chapter has been nine, uh, mm-hmm. they've been different ones and sometimes I can use them with each other. So for example, in chapter seven I had a horn player that week, but I had him play with himself so that there's a horn quartet and <laughs> so uh-huh. I, I had him play with himself. <laughs> look up and look Because you know, I, I actually don't. I don't require any of the musicians to uh, align with click tracks or to try to play with the computer. It's just too frustrating, and I want everybody to just play. I want. I also want this to to be not just for people participating on the website and for singers. And you know, I, I also want this to be something joyful for musicians who lost their, you know, their contexts for playing music. I just. I, I'd like this to be the thing that they can just play their hearts out. You know, and not have to be worrying about whether or not there's a delay online or whether they, you know, just, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it when it comes in, you know, yeah. I'll make it work. And that's why I do the composing afterwards. A lot of it, you know, a lot of the decision making afterwards. I don't know all the reasons. It's shaping up to be a piece that looks like it's going to be an orchestra, size not determined yet, probably not a huge orchestra, just a normal size, a smallish orchestra, and a chorus. And of course, choral singing, you know, halfway through this project, it became clear how just painfully clear it is that choral singing is going to, it's going to be a long time. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yes. I don't know so if you heard about the choir here in Seattle. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ugh. That's what I'm talking about. And I, you yeah. know, I mean, and I'm reaching out now to choirs. I've got a choir in North Carolina that's joining, a community choir that's joining the project in a couple of weeks. And in fact, choirs, you know, I'm starting to find a way to 
rather than just having individual singers or in addition to individual singers, I'm trying to find ways to make it especially easy for entire choirs to participate. I had a University of South Florida uh, brought a choir to to a few of the chapters, and so I really want to do that because that's a that's another community that really is in need. Yeah. You know, it's hurting. So I do eventually want it to include that. I want it to happen at a time when people can do that. But then I also realize, well, I don't want the voices that are coming in from all over the world on people's cell phones to be replaced mm -hmm. either. So there is also going to be, I think that I'm probably going to use the archival audio of people's oh, okay. voices also okay. in addition. Would you so. invite would you ever see a case in which you would maybe invite people who have submitted to actually sure do like come and perform in person? Wow, absolutely. Why not? What a what a great idea! And I'll just ask you to to sort of wrap this up. Yeah. Why do you think that it is that art and music are so important right now? Well. You know, art and art is what human beings do. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's the component of us that is that is human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Animals eat and bathe sometimes <laughs> in their way. <laughs> you know, they create new life together. You know, they they even teach each other things. But art you know is something that we as humans do just yeah. inexplicably that makes us human right yeah and so i think the importance of that at times when our humanity is in you know is is in dis our humanity is is feels like it's in distress yeah this is when we need the that kind of connection to our humanness that's exactly when we need it yeah this is sort of a time where we're all being sort of brought down to um you know the the basics you know there's so much yeah. fear and we're all being kind of uh you know we're thinking about food and shelter and security right. and all of those and things very important the, yeah right like those those sort of fundamentals and Maslow's hierarchy of needs like we're all being sort of brought back to that and you know and I, I, I think that maybe what projects like this are addressing are those higher tier things the things that make us transcend yeah the what's going on Is it just our sort of animalistic need for survival that makes us make sh you know do those things, or is it that yeah. we want to have a human life? 
this, right. an awareness of ourselves. Art makes us aware of ourselves. In, it in requires the world. a self-awareness. It requires yeah. a sort of yeah. paying attention in a in yeah. a way that takes us out of that just sort exactly of anxiety. That's exactly right. So I'm yeah. in, I am ministering to the self-awareness part of our mm. crisis. That's what I'm doing. They won't take my masks. But yeah, they won't take your mask. <laughs> They'll take and I'm not a great cook, and you can't come over anyway. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Well, Lisa Bialawa, thank you so much for coming thank on to the you. classical classroom. This has been amazing. Thanks and, for having and me. Congratulations fun, on this yeah. amazing project. Uh, oh, before you go, yeah, uh, will you tell people how they can participate and where they need to go? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you can go to my website. Um, it's actually quite easy if you just go to. Uh, LisaBialava.net, and that's L-I-S-A-B as in boy, I-E-L-A-W-A.net. And there, you know, just on the front, you know, basically on the splash, splash page, you'll see that the Broadcast from Home is the main project now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can also just, you know, just Google it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm also on, I personally am on Facebook and, you know, and Twitter. All and, that good stuff. All that good stuff instead. So if you could find the, you know, the, the projects there, the, the project links there. Um, and, you know, it's all on one web page. So you go there and you, you can, you can hear the chapters that we finished. You can contribute your testimony. You can, con- you can sing, you know, contribute your voice singing. It's all right there. So yeah, it's very user-friendly. I noticed. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. And we'll put links really work. Uh, up on our website as well when we put this. Oh, good. Show out. Yeah, That's well, great. again, thank you so much for your time and oh, uh, good so luck. Uh, and, and, you know, go easy on yourself, too. <laughs> okay. You got to get your rest, man. <laughs> I will. I will. Thanks. You too. All right, you Lisa, too. take care. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Classical Classroom. For more episodes, check out our website, classicalclassroomshow.com. Find all of our episodes, ways to connect on social media, and even a tip jar so that you can contribute to the show. Thanks today to the birthplace of Classical Classroom, Houston Public Media. Thanks to Lisa Bialawa for being on the show. Thanks to the official favorite quarantine pastime of Classical Classroom, tipsy puzzling. It's fun, but kind of confusing. Thanks to me for saying words, and to you for listening, and in the immortal words of Princess Leia, take your broken heart and make it into art. We love you.